Excited. All righty. Uh, welcome back. You're listening to 102.9 FM, WLAS LP Newman. I'm here with Bocce, and uh, I'm your host, Mike Maru from The Mic Drop. Uh, how you doing today, Bocce? I'm doing good, man. Really ecstatic. Excited to start my day and get creative. For sure. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. I just have a couple questions for you here today, and I always ask this one when I do interviews. Uh, when you're listening to uh, music, right, do you prefer to listen to bangers or to bops? Ooh, I say bops because I like music that make me bop. Bangers aren't necessarily always um, uh, songs I can go back to, you know, but bops are songs I can always go back to. I prefer to make bops than bangers. So I'm in the studio. I'll never be like, oh, we just had a banger. I'm like, we just made a bop. So I say bop. Solid, solid choice. And then what about jams? Do you think they're on the table at all? I mean, they're kind of like similar, somewhere middle ground. Jams are timeless. Jams are classic. Like jams might be a song you might be stuck on for a week and then you might not listen to it for four years. But after that fourth year, like you just bring it back. And then again, another, and then you bring the jam back. You know, jams are something that you just always revisit. So that's a second place in front of a banger. A banger can last for however long it lasts. And then you probably don't listen to it again until it shows up again. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. All right, and then how did you, um, what drew you into the music industry, would you say? Uh, definitely uh, my, my parents' influence. My mother's a gospel singer, so so growing up, I seen her do a lot of music, and I had a little trade in um, uh, doing different, um, what do you call it, internet, uh, internet shows and seeing different um, uh, platforms being used for music, and I was obsessed with the the, the whole industry because they're around the MySpace days. I'm, so I'm sure you know about that. Like, music just ran everything. So I never forget seeing Drake drop his first music video on Team Nick with Trey songs. And I was like, oh my God, like, I, I want to do this. And I just kept going from there and the consistency started rising through my influence through Busta Rhymes and, you know, people like Drake. And I also get some inspiration from um, from Jay Electronica. I know it doesn't sound like it, but he he's somebody who just, who just transcends time. So the inspiration definitely comes from there. Yeah, I like I like Drake too and Buster Rhymes, really good artists. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, do they are they like your regulars? Would you go to for music? Like, what's the nickname? Uh, yes, Drake is a regular. Buster Rhymes is a regular, and Jay Electronica is a regular. Um, I definitely like Ludacris a lot too. I like people with character, a lot of energy. Rest in peace, DMX. He was a very uh, characteristic mm-hmm. rapper as well, more on the darker side and the you know the more getting your thoughts in your mind, but rappers like that anybody that can get my attention uh, is, is a legend to me so definitely those guys are regulars for sure no i i agree dmx is timeless yeah he's got his own I'm... style and he was great mm-hmm. uh, he will be missed yes um, he will how would you describe your creative process like when making a song or an album my creative process really varies. Sometimes I will I will go to the studio and knock out three songs in one in one sitting. Uh, something that I've been marinating on, but usually the songs you you hear out that that drop like Juice or Hot or any of my uh, releases, those were like two month processes. Like I'll go in the studio, get a concept, continuously write over and over and over again until I get the right you know right bop, right lyric, right rhythm. And then, and then we just get to a point where we're like, okay, we have nothing else to add. <laughs> and then we just, we, we put it out. So that's my creative process, really. It's nothing too intense, nothing too weird. I just go in, handle my business like it's a job, and then leave. And if I have to come back to finish the job again, we'll do it. So that's my process, really. I definitely need, I always need a big, giant water bottle and mm-hmm. sour. If 
I don't have those two things, I can't be in the studio. I can't. <laughs> Fair enough. You can't function without them. Yeah, I need, I need, I need the water and the sugar mix. I just need that. It's like uh, GQ's like five most like or whatever like yeah. items, essential <laughs> carries. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's funny. No, I agree. I always have a water bottle too. I gotta stay hydrated. Um, yeah, I was gonna say like how long? Yeah, you said two months. How long did uh? I was gonna say because you had hot. How long did that take you? Two months as well. Hot actually took me a, a really quick time. Um, it's just that the verse, the fast part took. It was really funny. It took eighty-two takes to do that. Oh wow! And I got the eighty-second take. It was ingrained in my head. I could do it like it's nothing. I could do the whole verse all the way through. And um, that song took probably a week. I'm not going to lie. But the problem with that is I will say two months because the song was already done in a week. But we came, we revisited it before we thought about dropping it. And we actually added the second half, the part where I'm like rapping about the haters and things like that. He slowed the beat down and not slowed it down, but chopped it up a little bit. And I was like, okay. Like, this is cool and all, but I don't want to rap anymore. It's a lot of lyrics on here. <laughs> he said, no, you got to go back in. I said, okay, sicko mode style, let's do it. And I came in and wrote a whole nother song and put it together. So that took longer because we ended up putting another song on it. But it was really done in like a week. Nice. Yeah, I know. It's always good to re like revisit your work for sure after like That's a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, yeah, you had your latest release was Juice uh, featuring yeah. Jay. How was working on that with him? and like overall phenomenal um this is um one of his earlier songs as well so it was really good to like have him be a part of my growth as well so we're really we're friends in real life and and i told him i said bro i think you're phenomenal and i just definitely think it's time for me to get a contrast in my music right so i can always make happy go lucky and real fun bops right but i needed somebody who had a little grit who had little like you know that other side of music you know on my on my songs and he was like all right i'm game oh so, um the song was uh, really fun because it was produced by namesake and a lot of my songs are produced by namesake he's a legend shout out namesake and i was like love this beat. i really want to make something that um let people know i'm here you know i can really like make make uh what the times want and and i can adapt to what's going on so i was knocking it out and then i had an alternate version and then i told jay to get on and Jay was so smooth. He had his verse knocked down in like one second. He came in. He was like, yo, like, let me let me try this. Let me try that. He knew what he wanted to do. So that was easy. I had my engineer, shout out Astronaut Troy. He was like, let me try something with Jay's voice. That's the first time Jay rapped in that level. Like, usually he does a, a deeper voice, but he ended up raising his voice for the track for me. And I was like, thank God, because like, you know, some people, you don't want to tell people how to do their own verses, but he did it for me because he wanted to see how it sounded and it was beautiful. So it was a really fun experience. I think that was the, the smoothest experience making a song, actually, because we had so many different moving parts and we had a lot of different people in the studio to tell us how, how they would like to hear the song. So it was a, it was a good experience. Awesome. Do you think you'd do something again with him in the future, possibly? Oh, most definitely. I'd love to get like a cypher track with him or something. <laughs> just a whole bunch of my favorite people on one track, just rapping. Most definitely. Nice. And then I also noticed on your social media, you had a music video that went along with it. How was working on that? Oh, that music video changed my life, to be honest with you. I, I always like to be, for example, I said I like characters like Busta Rhymes and DMX and different and Ludacris. Um, so when I see their visuals, I know I don't have a million dollar budget yet, but I do want to be able to do the best that I can with what I do have. So in my head, I was like, I love this song. This song makes me feel like I'm, you know, playing basketball. You know, I want to feel like I'm in NBA volume, Street 2 on GameCube. 
I want to I want to feel like I'm like Mike. I want to feel like white man can't jump the movies, you know, rebound, all that. So I was like, how can I execute this? So I got my Kobe jersey to show love, you know, favorite player of all time. And and then I told Jay, I said, do you have any classic jerseys? He said, yeah. So cool. Let's try to get three more people, you know, who can be a part of this video. And then we got a lot of people to be a part of it. We went to the local park. We got a crowd out and we just made a basketball movie. You know, he's going to turn up him and me versus Juice is really about me and my uh, presence in the rap game. But we made it about basketball. So it was like, okay, like this is my court. And I'm like, no, this is my court. And then we rap, but we can both coexist and show out in the game together without having to be like, you know. So that's that's the whole point of the video on the song, to let people know who I am, why I got the juice in my own right. That's awesome. Yeah, no, I like the video and it really went well with the song for sure. Um, thank you, thank you. Knowing that like deeper bit is also pretty cool as well, like how it, that correlation with your rap game. Mm -hmm. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah. What would you say was the hardest part of working on that single? The hardest part working on that single was definitely um, trying to find out, trying to find out how to how to space it. So originally we have an alternate version. I might drop on my Instagram one day or SoundCloud somewhere. But we had a longer version where it was a little it was a, it was a little singing part I had like we kind of slowed it down. And I want to be kind of creative because I haven't done anything like that in a long time. So this time I was like, I kind of need a single. Like, I don't want to just be overly creative, have a five, four minute song. And then it's not something that people can put on repeat, especially if I have another artist on here, which is Jay. So um, the hardest part was trying to figure out how we were going to end the song or wrap it up, really. Not going to lie, like Jay snapped. I was like, we can put a hook back in. But after that, this is like one minute and 30 seconds. You know, it's a quick song. So we definitely want to play around with it. And I think we wrapped it up to where it sounded like a single that you can hear in a playlist or radio next to the best of them. So that was the hardest part. But once we figured it out, it was. And the flows, trying to figure out the flows. Because I was going to do two verses, but I did, I did not want to follow up after my first verse because it was so good. And I didn't want to have to like flatline a little bit or plateau. So that was the hardest part, definitely. That's good. I was going to say, yeah, it must be like satisfying to finally like get that to come around. Yes. In the end, for sure. Um, are you planning to go on tour or do any shows anytime soon? Like Most definitely. I've, I've started doing uh, shows already, um, and they've been turning out really well. But not going on tour no time soon until, you know, every. Uh, you know how the vaccinations are rolling out and things are, are handling. I'm trying to make sure I'm doing things by the book so I don't ever get, you know, stopped by the wrong people. But um, I've definitely started doing a few backyard shows and starting to get some college events going on. Um, definitely being booked by some colleges. So I can't wait to check out different universities and grab different fan bases. So that's pretty dope. Um, but that's pretty much it, though. I'm not I'm not looking to do a tour until, you know, we get later in the year or early next year. And I'm OK with that. Like as long as I can just keep rolling these songs out, getting content and showing new people my face. I'm good. I don't need a tour yet because. Honestly, we need more people um, than myself to do a tour. And we they have to be okay with traveling just as much as everybody else on the team. So that's that's what we're looking at right now. Yeah, safety first and all that. Um, so you mentioned like universities. Do you like do a lot of university shows and get attention that way? I do, I do. A lot of um a lot of colleges rock with me. And I think it's because you know, I just want people to feel like I'm with them and you know, the journey I rap a lot about uh how I operated through college and things like that. So yeah, I get a lot of attention from universities. Shout out uh, Talladega, FAMU, FSU, you know, the different schools I work with with Cookman. 
Um, they they booked me for a different event. Sometimes I don't even rap. I just speak to the students because I got my business degree uh, at FAMU. So a lot of people like the fact that I, you know, when finished out my education and made sure that I kept following my dreams, you know, things ended up working out. And then I also do um, uh, some sync licensing. So my music is placed on a lot of different platforms like ESPN, 2K, Disney, a lot of different things like that. So I also talk to people in that in that interest uh, about how to get their music out. So it's a really good, uh, good situation. And I get a lot of people who follow and ask a lot of good questions about what I do. That's awesome. So it seems like you have a pretty steady fan base then. We're getting there. I, I, I do have a steady fan base, but I'm always trying to grow. In my head, I feel like I have a number in my head, you know, so I'm trying to get to that number. And then we have an extra steady fan base, but I'm very happy with what I have now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Having a goal and the set yeah. goal is awesome. Um, Always. I was going to say, yeah, how do you keep in contact with your fans and, like, respond to them, like, through going to schools and stuff? Mostly? Yeah, def- definitely. Um, I do I do these little portals sometimes. Um, So when I go to different schools, I have, like, a, or different interviews sometimes like this. I did one for uh, a school, and we had a portal where I was able to communicate with students who had questions for, like, a week after the interview and things like that. So I do things like that. I, I respond almost all my DMs because I want to make sure people know like I'm there with them, whether it's me or they can uh, communicate with me through a, a, a group number, you know, because I have things like that to get data. And um, Twitter, I'm always on Twitter turning up, you know what I'm saying? Trying to find somebody to make a fan every single day. The goal is to make a fan every day, you know. When the days go by, you'll be you'll be surprised the uh, process. But really just like doing a lot of a lot of portal portal work because that way I can keep uh in contact like 20 to 50 students and just answer questions kind of like a reddit but like for a specific group solid yeah no that's a good method of doing it Uh, and then do you ever get performance anxiety when you do a show i should have asked this earlier but (laughs) i don't know like people i'm at this point where i feel like i'm just losing my mind right but i go up there and i like i've never botched a show and people tell me that they think that you know I just I just do my thing so maybe I'm just like in my head but I I definitely got performance anxiety once on one time I opened for Kodak and Gucci man for 10,000 people and that was the first show where I did a massive crowd like that and I think that's a good stomping ground to find out if you're really built for this life or not because you can't do that you just you know you don't want the big life then you know so once I did that I was like okay like I'm, I'm ready for this like I got this but before I stepped on stage like my head down was on tight. I was, I was, I was like, I don't know, man. I can't do this. But I went up there, did my job, and it was the greatest experience ever. And I can't wait to do it again. Honestly, I can't wait to do it again. How how would you say like was that performance like before going out and doing it before Kodak and all Gucci and doing like it was that performance was really fun because a lot of people have um a lot of people came out because I had a big fan base in Tallahassee and a lot of people came out for Kodak and Gucci. So when I was first coming up, this was like 2018. So it's a while ago. But when I was first coming up, you know, fam, you is HBCU and HBCUs tend to be really hard on, on people. So it's kind of like the, the Apollo a little bit. So I, it felt like it was a 50, 50 on just get him off the stage because we want to see Kodak and Gucci. And then there was the other half like, Oh no, this is Bachi. He's lit. And then that mixed into, okay, we'll hear him out into a crowd showing me love. So I was like, yes. you know, I had my little jumbotron set up. I had different skits. Um, I had a little kid dancing on stage with me. I threw out merch. It was really fun. And a lot, I think a lot of people respect what I had and I didn't take too much of their time. So it was perfect. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then like, do you have any like pre uh, performance rituals that you do to get ready? Like you mentioned the headband and. Yeah, I definitely have headbands to go. Um, I make sure that I, I get a big prayer circle with my team or whoever's with, with in the green room with me. Um, and we have to have some sort of snacks and I have to have my giant water bottle and, and sour candy or sour gummies, whatever it is. I just need it. If I don't have it, I feel like I'm just, I start shaking. I'm like, I need it. I need it. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I don't do too much, but that prayer is just a big part of what I do. Um, we do rehearse. I don't know if that counts, but every show, doesn't matter if it's a backyard show, doesn't matter if it's an online show, doesn't matter if it's a whatever. It, I will rehearse. Like I, I'm just going to rehearse it just because I want to know exactly what I'm doing the day I do it. I don't ever want people to be like, that, that looks off script. And even if it is off script, at least I have some sort of preparation to go off script, you know? Yeah, no, it's always good to have a backup plan like that. Yeah. Always. Um, what's your preferred sour candy then? Just figure it out. <sighs> right now, I'm not gonna lie, it switches every week. So right now, I'm really, um, I'm really into the the sour bright eggs. I don't know if you heard of those. It's like it's from Trolley, okay. and they're, they're really hard to find. And I'm I'm collecting them like a dinosaur hunt or something. Like I just can't I can't find them anywhere. But when I do find them, I just buy three buy three of them just because i know but this is called sour bright eggs and they're it's like this crunchy shell but on the inside it's not gel it's just like this real gooey gooey like science project you know it feels like a little gooey science project so i like it a lot i'm a texture person so if i like the texture i can eat it so that's my number one right now and then second place is easily sour Patch kids and then and then you know whatever else is similar to that i'll take it's whatever nice that's that's good um unhealthy i'm sorry kids y'all need to stop candy and drink more water and eat healthy but i love i have to have candy before my shows i have to oh for sure yeah mm-hmm. I, I can see where that's like important it's a ritual thing it's like a lucky yeah. <laughs> right. so i don't get all the time but when i do i need it for a show because i'd rather be like you know in a happy state right now i'd rather feel like i had dessert not like a big meal like i want dessert and then i go perform because i feel i feel good solid um and do you have any advice or things to say that you would give to those who may want to follow in your footsteps or aspire to be musicians one day yeah most definitely um i think i think i want to tell people really um it's good to be creative and it's good to be about your business but you have to find like and i i know this is probably so cliche but you have to find a balance because both of those things will open up so many doors and opportunities for you that you might miss out if you don't if you don't reel yourself back in when you're in different spaces so I, I tell people a lot of times like you be over overly creative and you miss out on the funding that you may need to be creative or you might miss out on the uh, the opportunities of the people who want to help you on that journey to be your full creative self and then you might be too much in the business to where you miss out on the fact that you're getting the opportunity point blank and or you have the job to do you have a job to do to create these songs and, and promote the best version of yourself to the rest of the world. And I was stuck in, uh, I was stuck in a little loop where I didn't know if I was supposed to be about my business all the time, or just supposed to be in the studio all the time. Like I didn't know, but once I found that balance, a lot of people started to respect how I operated. And I think that's going to help a lot of people along the way. Um, definitely just know what you want to do, have your goals because getting a record deal and getting a million streams are two different goals. A lot of people think that different numbers and, and what your end goal is, the same thing but that's not the same thing you got to work towards your goals if you want to get a record deal reach out to some a and r's uh, go on these little mini tours where people go and scout 
you want a million streams, promote the heck out your song. So, you know, I tell people like it's two different things. It, one can help the other. Yes. But make sure you're goal driven and you know exactly what you want to do and make it look easy. Get your team to make it look easy. Can't do it alone. So that's my that's my advice, because it saved me a lot of time. <laughs> Solid. And then as you mentioned, you were a gig, you got a business degree. And I was going to say, like, how would you say that from a business perspective to promote yourself? What would you say advice wise? Definitely um, be different and find out and find out really what your fan base is. You can't go in the game thinking everybody's in liking music. You know what I'm saying? You can't go in thinking like, oh, like this. I have something for everybody. No, find out who's been listening to you. Even if it's three people, find out who those three people are. Start marketing to them. Once you get a little bigger, you find out who the next 10 people are. Start marketing and, and get that demographic. Like me, I write down all the analytics. I find out if you're 16 to 24, white, black, uh, in Kansas or L.A., you know, like we're gonna find out what you're into. Um, and we're going to try to just keep you rallied around what we have going on. And we're not trying to, like, manipulate anyone, but we want you to know, like, okay, we want to keep catering to you because you been showing us so much love so i say do that and, and just really really own your stuff and don't just be making things like listen to your crowd because your crowd is speaking to you without speaking to you you know they're telling you what they like you see the responses on your videos and songs you know what to make so make sure that you keep a good balance while being true to yourself that's the best way to promote yourself uh like sometimes i did this weird college promo where i asked my teacher music teacher to promote my song or have a link to my song or have kids go to my show for extra credit because they want to find an extra credit opportunity. And they're like, okay, cool. And I was an easy 300 fans because all the kids want extra credit. And all they had to do was go to an event and talk about a song that I made. Cool. Like, you know, I'm just trying to find ways for people to, you know, interact with me and that works. So things like that, he's always thinking different ways to, you know, branch out. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's genius. I never would have even thought of that to link. Oh, yeah. Classes. I was doing all type of things like that. <laughs> all right well thank you bocce for coming to us today this has been yes. 1.9 fm wlas lp newton i've been your host mike and uh, this was bocce thank you again you guys love it man i had a good time with you <laughs>